Matisov for the Devils plays it cross ice into the far corner. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net. Swings it in front. He scores! Matteau! 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 Stefan Matteau! And the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! Canis. Here we go. Thomas Sarek has been begging to go with Lucic. Lucic under. Cracks him with the right. Lucic gets him in the air. Turtles. Thomas Sarek down. And Lucic taunts the Montreal bench. All right, guys, welcome back to the Morning Skate here. This is a little special post-draft edition New York Rangers because, you know, I'm probably the biggest Rangers diehard that you know. Other than the guy I have on me today, Neil Purcell, I went to uh, college with him, played hockey with him, and now he's a writer for EliteSportsNewYork.com. Uh, I call him Bird. You call him whatever the fuck you want, but Birdie, how's it going tonight? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good, my friend. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad to finally have you on here. Uh a little background about me and Bird. Pretty much every time the Rangers make the playoffs and like they're down and out, there's always a call going to Bird about trying to rally the boys through the cell phone. Hasn't worked. <laughs> Hasn't worked at all. I mean, I wasn't really on a cell phone in '94, so we may have to switch something up. But Bird and I, Bird knows his shit. He's a legitimate guy. He's he's a hell of a writer. Uh, and I feel like you're starting to get some some pub over there. I would think because I see people retweeting you before I retweet you. That's that's been it's been good and the social media thing is huge and uh, you know they they're really stressing it over there at Elite Sports they really want us to uh, get out on the social media outlets and um, yeah today's today's article did pretty well and, and uh, just trying to build on it uh, right now the article views are anywhere from five hundred to to a thousand views so. Uh, we just want to keep building on it. That's legit, man. That's that's fucking sweet. I, I wrote a couple blogs in my day, dude. And I think the one I have the most of is like 800 views, and it's just like my path to like beer league excellence. So I'm going to hang that on my rafters because other than that, I haven't really accomplished much. I, I went to college for about 10 years and graduated with a bachelor's degree. So we're going to figure it out. Uh, so you're on here. We're going to talk some Rangers, and I think we should just kind of you know rewind even before the draft because – there was a huge trade that was involved. Derek Stepan and Auntie Ranta go to uh, Arizona Coyotes for Alex D'Angelo and a seven and the seventh overall pick in the draft. As soon as I heard about it, you were the first person I called right before I went to Scran. I went to see a Yankees game. Kind of talked about it a little bit on the phone, but we've had a few days to digest what is going on. What is your overall view on this trade? Short term, long term, do you like it? Are you concerned? What's going on in your head? Well, there's a lot of things to consider, and I think uh, when you break it down, if you if you say you know Stepan was able to fetch that seventh overall pick, you got great value there. Uh, obviously, long term, it, it saves you a bunch of money in cap. Uh, July first, Stepan really becomes an immovable contract. So uh, to get him off the books and, uh, and to move move on from him, it was, it, as much as it was tough, it was probably long term a good business move for them. 
do I think Antiranta could have gotten more than Anthony D'Angelo? Maybe. Uh, but who knows what this kid can bring to the table. I mean, uh, you're talking about a former first-round pick, uh, offensive defenseman, uh, right-handed shot, which obviously the Rangers are in desperate need of. So. The NHL is in uh, desperate need of right-handed puck-moving oh. defensemen. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a league-wide shortage for sure. Um, I talked about this with you when I called you about the whole Stepan thing. Now, Stepan is a type of player that you think he's playing like absolute dog shit and you watch like 10 games in a row and you're like, what the fuck is going on with this guy? And then you check the stats and he's got like nine points in those 10 games. Guy puts up points consistently. Everybody kind of makes it sound like he's very defensive. He's like good in his D zone, all that sort of stuff. I like to argue that, that he's making $6.5 million a year and I could probably win more faceoffs than he can. That's one thing that I didn't really like. I like the fact that they moved him right now because the thing about Derek Stepan, guys, is he's already fleet of foot and he's 26 years old. I yeah. think Father Time's really caught on to him even with his hair. He has none, and he's going to start <laughs> losing even more. And, I, you know, for for a right-handed sh- puck-moving defenseman who can run a power play, which the Rangers have desperately needed since pre-Wade Redden, like probably since yeah. Brian Leach, if I'm being completely honest. I don't remember the last time the Rangers had a defenseman that could run a power play. Not saying no. he's going to be able to. But no. you get that, you get the first round, uh, seventh overall pick, which we haven't picked that high. I I think Al Montoya was the last Ranger that was picked even remotely that high. Four? Yeah, it was a while ago, and I was pumped when we yeah. got him. He was a Michigan Wolverine, man. Gotta, yeah. gotta love those helmets. Blue. Yeah, but I mean, I think overall, at least I'm pretty, I'm okay with moving Stepan. I know it opens up a gigantic hole at center. And here's another thing. I don't, does this bother you when people say that he's a first line center? It does. And, and I, I actually, that's the first article I wrote for the website. Is uh, is what my thoughts were if he was a if he was a legitimate first line center. And I say no. Uh, I I Stepan's probably a guy if he if he had more elite line mates than what he had in New York, and maybe if you put him with a James Neal and a and another big time goal scorer, yeah, maybe his his points shoot up into the sixty seventy range. But for me, Derek Stepan is a guy who collects a lot of secondary assists, and he doesn't elevate his line mates to a to elite status. So, like you know, and, and not a lot of guys in the league do that. But you know, you look at a Jonathan Taves or a, or obviously a Crosby and Malkin. They just bring their line mates. Crosby's turned two uh, college free agents and Connor Sheary and Brian Rust into legitimate first line forwards now. Exactly. And, and Stepan's really not able to do that, uh, even with with guys like Kreider, Nash, and, and Zook, and and uh, they and, and I argue that a lot about the Rangers is, is there is not really anybody on the roster who who elevates, especially at the forward position, who elevates his linemates. I mean, Zook does what he can, and, and God forbid we all love him, and that's and that's. Uh, but he's he's an overachiever, mm-hmm. you know. Zook's an overachiever, and, and he uh, and he doesn't he can't do it himself. And, and, and nobody on the Rangers really can do that. And that's when you when you look at past cup winners, they've all had somebody at the forward position that can do that. Obviously, Chicago with, with Taves and Kane. And, uh, you know, when you look at the Kings, even, you got uh, Kopitar and, and Jeff Carter, guys like that. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're doing semantics, I guess Derek Stepan is a number one center because there's 31 number one centers in the league, right? But when, right. but I think when we say number one center, we don't mean it like that. We mean, 
like a Getzlav or like a Kopitar, a Crosby, somebody along those lines. And you know what? They are they're few and far between, man. There really aren't that many absolute elite centermen. No. And I mean, even when you get into the whole Duchesne talk, I don't think Duchesne's an elite centerman. I think Duchesne and Stepan play very com- com- not comparable in a sense of like their game, but like what they. I don't know. I feel like they're just like elite second line centers. That's kind of what I would go with. Well, that's probably where I would place it too. I mean, Duchesne's a little different because I mean, offensive, honestly, he can wheel. Yes, he's got he's got more skill. He's yeah. you, you look at somebody with who can make more dynamic plays with the puck than Stepan ever will or could be able to do. Um, and Duchesne, you know, right now is. He's in a diseased organization, you know, that everything that went wrong for that team went wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, you look at a lot of guys who just needed that um, change of scenery, and I think Duchesne falls right under that category. Do you remember when, like, the Sabres were wicked good, when they had, like, Drury and Briere and Afeniganov, and they were good for, like, that one year? And I remember thinking, this team's going to be the fucking real deal forever. And then the next year, it's kind of like the Avalanche situation. The Avs were really, really good that one year. I think it was McKinnon's rookie year, where they yeah. were making the playoffs. You had Patrick Watt screaming at people on the bench, and you're like, holy shit, this Avalanche team, Gabriel Landeskog looked like a number one type player, and you're like, holy shit, and... The, the wheels just fell right off. And to bring it back to when you were saying step on, if you had James Neely put up more points, we pay a guy eight and a half million eight or eight and a half million dollars a year to play good forward hockey and Rick Nash. And I have a funny story about Rick Nash for you. So I saw the text, they were exchanged. My buddy uh, is friends with this girl who works at like the agency that represents Rick Nash. So she sent him a text, and she's like, hey, what do you think about this step-on trade? And he's up in Canada. He had no idea it happened. He goes, what do you mean, the step-on trade? So she explains it to him, and the first question he asks her is, does this mean I'm getting traded? And she had she had, she had to remind Rick that he had, like, a no movement or a no trade clause. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. That's my bad. Yeah. Rick Nash in a nutshell has not a fucking clue what's going on in the yeah. real world, man. Wow. That but yeah, they don't have that number one player. Rick Nash should have been that number one player. He hasn't been, and he's he's a good oh. hockey player, man. But he he's not. At least for me, he's not an eight million dollar hockey player. But that's neither here nor there when it comes to step on. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I I like Nash, and I I like that he he tried these playoffs. He definitely tried. This was a different Rick Nash. He for sure. Nash a little more. He was he was definitely driving the net. Uh, he 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 really couldn't buy one early, and uh, and so you know. Obviously, he's a he's a two hundred foot player. He brings a lot to the table, shorthanded too. Uh, but you're right. He just Rick Nash isn't quite living up to that massive deal, and that's you know that's that's really nobody's fault except for Columbus for signing him that big one. But, do you uh, do you agree or disagree that he's just not like? I think he needs somebody else to be on the team to be the man. I think if I you put somebody agree. else on the team who's who's gonna be the man, I think Rick Nash absolutely breaks through. Yeah. But okay, so Stepan's gone. Rant Rant's gone, which sucks because he was a great backup goalie for us. He was unreal. The Rangers the last couple of years have been doing great with their backup goalie, so he's gone now. And we get this Anthony D'Angelo kid. So now what do you have on this kid? Do you think he's going to be the real deal? Do you think it, their expectations are too high? Do you think these people who say, oh, he's a Trump supporter, he's a terrible hockey player, do you think they have any just – his history is past. What do you have with D'Angelo? No, you know what? He, he, when he came into the AHL as a rookie, uh, he was in Syracuse. So I had the pleasure of being able to watch him. And, and 
clearly this kid is is a difference maker on the ice. I mean, he almost had a point per game that year. Uh, As what a twenty year old defenseman? Yeah, in the AHL, yeah. that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, the kid is a smooth, fluid skater. He's got great skills with the puck, good shot, good command of uh, running the blue line. So, I mean, yes, there there are some off ice issues that you know, have been addressed. I mean, I know when he was in Syracuse, he was a healthy scratch a few times, mostly just oversleeping meetings, stuff like that. Being a kid. And, and that's, that comes with the, the territory of a 20-year-old kid living on his yeah. own. Uh, and, he, you know, in his mind, he probably believed that he was an NHL defenseman already and, and God, now I'm in jury old gray Syracuse and I got to, I gotta, you know, go play in front of 5,000 people at the War Memorial. I mean, that's not... Certainly not the uh, the bright lights that you dream about when you're drafted, but you know, and, and different kids mature at different times. And if you look uh, even to his time in, in Arizona or in Tucson, rather, there didn't seem to be as many issues there and, and political, political, you know, whatever. You know, this kid, he's got the talent, and uh, I think um, you know when you look at a guy, when you bring in a coach like Lindy Ruff to run the defense, now you got. Uh, Accountability. There's no excuse. Yeah. There's no excuse for him, and this and, and he's got to know that it's almost now or never time for him. If he doesn't uh, come out and earn a permanent spot here and he gets sent down to the A again, he's now he's looking at a career lifelong uh, AHLer. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think the fact that the Rangers have some veteran guys on the on the D defensive end, they have McDonough. Kind of sucks Girardi's gone because I feel like he would have been a nice – and I don't care. I don't. If Mark Stahl told me to do anything, I'd laugh in his face. But at least you have you have Ryan McDonough there to try to stir stir him in the right direction. I think at Arizona they had like Larson. They didn't really have like any wily veteran-type defenseman that can kind of get him in. I think he's going to be good, man. I'm pumped about a young right-handed like puck-moving defenseman that can skate, and I like that he plays with an edge. I watched YouTube videos of him today. He beat the fuck out of people. He's not afraid to drop the gloves, and he's small. He's like 5'10", a buck 80, but he'll go. Well, well he's not He's not afraid. He's the uh, same with Syracuse. He's he's in your face, and he, you're right. There's really no way other other way to put it but that he plays with an edge, and that's, uh, that's something this team truly lacks. Yeah, big time. Uh, we'll get into that after because I want to bring up Brendan Smith at some point. But, okay, so this is what happened. So, overall, are you okay with, with the trade? Overall, yes. Uh, I I thought it was a precursor to more moves. I thought they were, were going to explore maybe packaging both the 7th and the 21st for for somebody else, and, and that would have been, uh, been, you know, maybe more ideal. But, you know, yes, overall, happy with it. Uh, but – Knowing there's still work to be done. Exactly. And they would have shot themselves in the foot if they traded both their first round picks. Can you imagine everybody, every Ranger reporter, oh, the Rangers have a first round pick again? Like, oh, they would have, yeah. Yeah, that would not have been good. So, in the draft, uh, we're just going to go over the first round first round picks that we got. So, the first guy that we drafted, seventh order out of the Swedish uh, league, Elias Anderson. He may be going playing at Forlunda. Next year, they haven't really decided that yet. He said he still has to kind of get with the Rangers and make a plan for what's going to happen. Watched an interview with him today. He seemed like a confident kid. Good-looking Swedish kid. Uh, he can skate. Um, he said Hank shot him a text. He thought that was pretty unreal. I like the way he conducted himself. He he came off kind of cocky, but more confident than he was cocky, which is yep. something you want to see from your from your first-round picks. And. 
it seemed like the Rangers were more or less kind of going for like a safer type pick, but everything that I've read on this guy, they think he's going to be like an like an Alex Steen like two point Yes, yes, and uh, you know when you boil it down, there was probably some sexier names there available at seven. You look at a guy like Gabe Bellardi, uh, who's bigger, power forward, lots of goals in him. Uh, had a had a nice run for Windsor in the Memorial Cup, but. Uh, I, I don't think he necessarily fit the Rangers mold. I mean, they they're not looking for slow-footed big guys. They're they're looking for uh, for skaters, and that's that's what Anderson brings to the table. And I think the biggest thing with him is uh, I think we can all all almost guarantee not guarantee, but uh, he's going to be an NHL. Mm-hmm. And I I am very confident in saying that. Now, is he going to be a top-line NHL center? Probably not. That's that's where a lot of the question marks came in for why the Rangers drafted him is is no he's really not a, a top line player but but when you say Alex Dean two point I've seen that a lot too and that, I think that's uh, I think that's a good way to put it I mean I think this kid's a glue guy mm-hmm. um, I think I he can be somewhat he's going to turn into a fan favorite somewhat of of what Zook does for for the team I mean. You're looking at a littler guy, but he's going to fly around there. He's going to get in on the forecheck. He's going to grind in the corners, and and he'll he'll be able to score some points. And, and maybe you know maybe it might not be the the hundred points or ninety points, but uh, he's got enough skill to uh, to to compete and to play in a good middle six role. Um, and you're talking about a kid who at 17 was the third line center for the Swedish World Junior Team, you know, under 20s uh, in a country like that. That's that's pretty good pretty big deal no for sure he's so he's swedish so he obviously knows how to play both sides of the rink uh and and everybody's calling this a weak weak draft you know what man like i would rather bank on a kid who may be a second line center for sure gonna make the nhl than kind of just go for like a huge Jessman type thing which still gives me chills 12 12 and 03 huge specimen had i had him blocked on twitter so fast i forget what i said to him i said something like two seconds later he was out Hate that guy. I'm okay with this pick. You know what he? You know what he's probably gonna be. He's probably gonna be just like Derek Stepan, but probably like a little bit faster. Like that's kind of like the vibe yeah. that I'm getting from it. Yeah, but I, I think you know they'll they'll probably handle him smarter. And uh, but I, like you said, I, I think he'll be a he'll be a better forechecker, better skater. Uh, he's got a little more of an edge to his game than Step did. Uh, and, and like I said, I think that the skating factor, the, the ability to, to really fly up and down the ice and get in on the forecheck is, is much more valuable. I very much agree. And now, 21st overall, I'm going to butcher this kid's name. Uh, Philip Cheadle. 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 Philip Cheadle. Yep. Uh, 21 overall. Read a couple things about him today. I guess he was... Uh, he's. I think he's like very young for the for the uh, draft class that he was in that he could have went next year and if he did go next year they were saying he was going to be like a top five pick. Now yes. he's he's younger. He's playing in the pro league over I think in the Ch- Czechoslovakia, correct yeah. or Czech Republic, whatever the fuck they call it over there. And uh, he's not on a great team, but he's still playing against a bunch of big guys. He put up eight points in thirty two games as like a third line center, which for a seventeen year old playing against guys that are double your age, that's like. Pretty decent. I think this this kid right here offensively, I think probably has a little bit more potential than Elias does, where Elias is more of like a sure bet of at least being an NHLer. Kind of pumped about this kid. Uh, he kind of looks yeah. like a weirdo. If Genny Malkin looks like a weirdo though, so I'm kind of <laughs> going on that. What, what do you have on this kid? It could work out for him. Yeah, you know, it, it. You're right when you say 
he's got a higher ceiling mm-hmm. than Anderson does. And he would bring uh, – the kid at 17 is already 6'2", 180 pounds or whatever. That's a big frame. That must that's, be nice. Fucking that's, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> that's, at 17, that's going to continue to fill out and continue to grow. Uh, and so what you have there is, is a really a big kid, skilled kid. The kid can play. Uh, like you said, he's he was only uh, he missed next year's draft by only ten days. He doesn't turn eighteen till September, um, and and a lot of guys like uh, just his his on ice awareness, you know. And, and again, maybe he doesn't have the flashiest of skills, but uh, he knows how to use the ice, how to get to open ice, and uh, and and in close around the net, he knows he's got good hands, and and so. It, there's a lot of excitement around this kid, and, and you're right. He, he does play in in the men's league in, in the Czech Republic as a 17 year old, and had a really strong end of the season when he was finally probably adjusted. And um, the the road is exciting for this kid, and what whatever path that may be, whether he comes over and plays in uh, one of the CHL leagues and one, like the OHL or whatever, or or if the Rangers feel it's better for him to develop against playing against men in, in the Czech. That remains to be seen, but uh, again, I, I do think this kid's got a higher ceiling than Anderson, but also a, a much lower floor. So yeah, uh, I uh, I mean, I think just hammering the fact that he's seventeen years old playing against men like when I was seventeen years old, my parents wouldn't let me drive past nine o'clock, and I was going to Taco Bell after every single open night hockey skate. Like, so this kid's supremely talented, and. Uh, I mean, the Rangers' first-round picks over the last couple of years, they've been pretty good with them. I mean, Brady Shea, JT Miller, I think McElrath's career was kind of ended before it began when it came to, like, the Rangers bringing him up and shit like that. But, yeah. I mean, and, and I also trust uh, Gordy Clark, I think, is a guy who kind of does all this. I, I think this may be his last year doing it. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped with the two picks that we – I like Anderson a lot. I keep seeing fan favorite everywhere, which I love seeing. Like, that's something, yeah. you know what I mean? Because right. the only fan favorite the Rangers have had for a while now has been Zook. So it'll be nice to kind of get somebody new that comes in and do that. And with, yes. this, with this Philip guy, I mean, it's going to be a couple of years, but we will see. Yeah. No, he's definitely an to remember. Uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, I, I think he's an exciting player. And I, I've heard the, the comparison thrown around. Uh, and I'm sure you've heard this too that the, the, the comparison they feel is best is for a guy like Andre Pilat. Yeah, man. Who's a player? I would love Pilat on the Rangers. Oh, that guy can. I he'll play for my team any day. Absolutely. So th- those are the uh, the first round picks that we kind of went through. So after all said and done, we got free agent frenzy coming up this weekend. Thank God it's on a Saturday, so I'll just be strolling my phone the entire time. <laughs> uh, but right now the Rangers have some serious. They got to fill in some issues right now. They're they're lacking. Because you can't you can't go through an entire season trying to get in the playoffs with Zibanejad and Hayes as your one two, so they have to address the whole center issue. They they haven't re-signed Smith yet, so they have to address some defensive issues. We have younger guys like uh, Neil, was it Pionk? Pionk. Yep. You yep. have him, and then the Russian Bear Bears Glazov, Glazov, whatever. Yep. Unproven, so you're not entirely sure what they're really going to bring to the table. You still have Mark Stahl on the D unit. You still have Nick Hold in there. Kevin Klein hasn't retired yet, so they have to figure out with some defensive stuff, and then they need a backup goalie. So I'm just going to kind of get into into this with you, who we're thinking about signing stuff along those lines. So the first name that's popped up, and it's popped up over the last probably like 10 years, 
Kevin Shattenkirk. He's going to be a free agent. They're saying he's commanding somewhere between like a seven or eight year contract, making seven million dollars a year plus. I I uh, do you listen to Blue Shirt Breakaway? Have you ever heard of that podcast? I haven't. I haven't listened to that. They're they're actually pretty good. Uh, and they were one of their buddies goes golfing with Shattenkirk, and they said that was pretty much a done deal. Now that's hearsay. You don't really know what's going to happen with that. Shattenkirk has already told the media that he would take less money to play for the Rangers. I don't know how much less money he's talking. Do you think? Do you think you just? Do you think you just give him the money and hope for a lockout and like an amnesty buyout? Like, because that's bound to probably happen with Gary Bettman's NHL. That's something that kind of plays a role. Like, do you think Shan Kirk's going to be a realistic option for the Rangers? Well, I I think whatever happens, he will always be linked to the New York Rangers just because of his his desire to play close to home and his, his uh, you know he grew up a Ranger fan. He grew up in New Rochelle, New York. New so, Rochelle. Uh, he will, I'm sure he will always be linked to him wherever it happens. Now, uh, it, what what bothers me most about Shattenkirk's potential contract, not so much as his his price tag, is is his uh, is the uh, length of the contract that he's going to command. You're talking about a 28 year old defenseman who's who's not a big guy. Uh, he's not a physical guy, and, and he makes his money off of uh, smooth skating ability and. Uh, positionally sound play, and obviously his offensive ability. But we've seen it in years past. Guys like that, you look at a Dan Boyle or someone like that, they, their games really deteriorate fast when they lose that quick step. Uh, and then, like you said, with step on Father Time starts catching up to him. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at a guy, you're going to essentially be paying him six, seven million at, at his 35, 36-year-old age at the end of his contract. That's... That's a tough pill to swallow. Now, uh, can you can you look into to buyouts and stuff like that? Absolutely. But it, do I think Kevin Shattenkirk fills a massive need for the Rangers? Absolutely, hundred fifty percent. And now you look at your right handed D man, and you got D'Angelo and Shattenkirk. There's your power play guys, one and two, right off the bat. Um, does he solve every issue that the Rangers blend has? No, Mark Stahl is still a Ranger, so. <laughs> um, that you know that doesn't solve every little problem, and, and you know, and, and you look back and, and if an offensive blue liner was going to solve every issue we have, Keith Yandel would have probably done oh, yeah. more as a Ranger. You know, and I I, I loved Yandel. I thought he was a great defenseman, but you know, clearly there was still some something lacking on the Rangers blue line, and and, uh, and maybe you know you could argue all day that AV didn't use him properly, blah blah blah, but. Uh, to, to think an offensive blue liner who puts up 40, 40 to 45, 50 points a year is all of a sudden going to come in and, and fix every issue they have is, is not true. And You watched him in the playoffs, and, and he looked a little little shell-shocked, uh, especially in that Pittsburgh series. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, had a, he had a few turnovers, a few, uh, a few chip, weak chip plays up the boards that, that were picked off. And, and so, again, he, he would absolutely help. He'd be a great signing. It's just... Uh, term of the contract, and uh, and he's just he won't solve everything. I the only reason why I'm not on the Shattenkirk train is because we've saw this before with Wade Redden, where some guy was supposed to come in and he was supposed to fix everything. He plays one all right year, and then what? Yeah. And the definition of insanity is doing things over and over again, and expecting a different result. Yeah. I, it'll be hard if he takes a discount. There's so many things that go into whether or not Kevin Shattenkirk be a Ranger. 
But the thing is, is if he is a Ranger, Ryan McDonough is finally going to play with a player who who will help Ryan McDonough achieve Ryan McDonough-type stuff. Elevate Ryan McDonough's game. Exactly, yeah. which we haven't seen, and that sucks, man, because Ryan McDonough, I think, is a legitimate defenseman in the NHL. And I, nothing against Dan Girardi. You had to put him together, and I, I think he did kind of compliment McDonough a little well because, you know, Girardi would stay back, stuff like that. But if you can actually get somebody you can skate with him, yes. sky's the limit with him. Yes, and, and get and just think about it. You know the ability to break the puck out and get and, and transition the puck that much quicker. Now Ryan McDonough is playing offense that much more during the regular season in the playoffs. That's, I love when he joins the rush. It'd be nice to see yeah. him join the rush regularly. Yeah, that's huge. And and, uh, and you're right, Girardi. I think Girardi did what he could these playoffs. He he tried. He He's a warrior, man. Absolute warrior. Uh, and you, you can never. It, it was. When it when the deal was announced that he was going to be bought out, it was a bittersweet moment for me because he, you know, the, the guy gave up everything he had for the New York Rangers. I mean, everything. Talk about the most blocked shots since he joined the league over over two thousand. That's that's insane. It's incredible, it really. Is. So, <laughs> it, uh, and you know, to wherever he ends up, and I, I read something today that he's drawn serious interest in. Jardy's going to win a cup next year, man. He's probably going to go to Pittsburgh, play on their third third pairing D, and he's going to ride Sidney Crosby's coattails. And you want to know what? Haglin won a cup. I wasn't really happy about that. Uh, Broussard went far. wasn't happy. Boy, I wasn't happy. If Dan Girardi wins a cup, I will be cheering for whatever team he's on. Yes, not even agree. not okay. even second-guessing it. Yeah. So, okay, so that's Shattenkirk. Brendan Smith hasn't been re-signed yet. I love him. He, I love him because he brings that edge that the Rangers don't have. He, yeah. He's a solid yeah. defenseman. When he got traded over, my one Big Red, who's our fantasy uh, hockey expert on this podcast, Big Red Wings fan, he would he told me that Brendan Smith is good for one really bad fuck-up a game, and then other than that, he's fine. And that kind of happened the first couple things, and then he really settled in. Him and Brady Shea looked legit in the playoffs. They were our best D-pair, I would say. The yeah. fact that A.V. put Stall and Holden out there, so many different times. I didn't know who I wanted to hit with my car more, Stahl or AV. Like, I had no idea. I what? Here's a little bit of a tangent. I cannot believe AV still our coach after all that fucking, all that happened. And I think they kind of used Book Boom as a scapegoat because now yeah. you see Book Boom's gone. Lindy Ruff's coming in, who we'll talk about later. Asinine hated it. But back to Brendan Smith. He'll drop the gloves. He'll stand up for people. He'll block shots. He can penalty kill. Played at Wisconsin with uh, McDonough and Stepan, T's and P's. I I'm a big Brendan Smith guy. I hope he resigns. What do, what do you have on Smitty? I I love him too. And uh, you know, the really the only egregious error I saw in the playoffs, I, I forget what game it was, but he just he missed a check on the boards and Bobby Ryan came in, made a great pass to Carlson, Carlson put a shelf. But uh I I think he's he's a good fit and, and like you said, he'd he'd be perfect with Brady Shea as a second pair. Uh I'm sure the Rangers are in a holding pattern right now. Uh, they probably want to see what's going on with Shattenkirk before they go ahead and dedicate money to Smith. Uh, I know Smith from what I've been hearing. He's looking for he's looking for what his fair market value is, and and his market value is probably somewhere in the four and a half five range, uh, uh, you know, dollars wise, term wise. Who knows? But he's also what he's got to be twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, he's now. a little bit older. Yeah. So, so it, it again, you, you don't. It's, it's, you can't handcuff yourself with those long-term contracts, and Jeff Gordon probably knows that. Uh, I hope he knows that. So, uh, 
He reminds me a lot of Kevin Klein when Kevin Klein first came to the Rangers. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Played with an edge, played solid defensive hockey. The Rangers have been finding those kind of like really nice, low kind of cap guys. Yeah, man. They've been doing well with that. So let's say they re- you keep Smith. So let's say they get Shattenkirk and Smith for shits and gigs. I don't know if they'd be able to fit it under the cap. So you have Shattenkirk with McDonough, Smith with Shea. So you're telling me Anthony D'Angelo with all this off ice issues, you want him with somebody? You're going to put him with Mark Stahl and not think that he's going to get pissed off every single night? Probably not. Or probably will. Add, rather, I mean, uh, and hell, I mean, they can still put him with uh, with Nick Holden on that third player. Yep. Yeah, but they'll never scratch Mark Stahl, which blows my fucking mind. Okay, so that's 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 the defensive type thing. They would do. They would never scratch him just to spite spite you. Yeah, There's, man. Probably. I've thought numerous times about driving up to Thunder Bay and just burning down his family's barn. I'm so sick and tired of that entire family, man. Oh my god. I'm more sick and tired of the Stahl family than everybody thinking Mark Andre Fleury's like the new Mother Teresa. That's something yeah. I can't stand either. Yeah. So those those are a little bit defensive type stuff. Now we're gonna kind of get into our forwards. We're we're lacking down the middle. Other than that, I think wingers were fine, but we need we need two centers. So yeah. I see a lot of Boo Navis. I don't know if he's ready. I think you're a Boo guy, aren't you? Because wasn't he a Syracuse kid? He is a Syracuse kid. Yeah, I, I had pleasure of meeting him a couple times. Uh, you know, I think he had kind of a rough season in the AHL. He got injured, and Hartford, for those who don't know, Hartford was god awful last year. Just, just a terrible hockey team. But I think they finished last in the AHL in points. So that's a tough situation to kind of come into. Uh, I think the team was pretty young, so they didn't have that veteran leadership, and and uh, so I think and Boo might have gotten hurt as well. I think he injured his neck or something down the line. So. Didn't didn't have great numbers, but yeah, I think that's that's somebody the Rangers see as, as long term possibilities in the bottom six. Uh, obviously, a big guy, six four, can skate. skates well. Yeah, yep. Played in Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> so, that's uh, definitely an option, a cheaper, younger option as a as a fourth line center for next year. Now, at least for me, I think you need at least a number one or a number two center. I'm not. The only number one center that I would really go after and trade everything for is maybe a Nate McKinnon, but if Sackett's asking that much for Duchesne, you'd probably have to give your entire team for McKinnon, so that's not going to work. I think at this point, again, because we're just fans and we love the Rangers and we like seeing what's going on, I don't think we really know who's available, who's not available, stuff along those lines. If I'm the Rangers, I kind of want to give maybe like a... uh, like a you know like a one or two year deal to somebody who can plug in there for one or two years and kind of go back and look at it from there. I love Joe Thornton down the middle. He's played with Rick Nash in the past. Uh, he's got a great beard. Playmaker plays hard. He's the type of player that elevates other people's games. Yes, I would want a Joe Thornton type player for one or two years. I mean, hell, you can even sign him for one year and then hope JT leaves Long Island. Can you imagine if Tavares went to the Rangers? Oh my God. Shout out Matt Scanlon. I'm praying that happens, buddy. <laughs> but so, would you be okay with something like Thorn going to the Rangers? I would. Uh, I the last I had heard, you know, I'm no no trade rumor uh, breaker or anything of that nature. Don't you wish you were though, man? Like we didn't make the NHL, but how sick would it be to be an insider? On my phone all the time, like getting texts, like. Be the dream. I'm gonna send a, my resume to Bob McKenzie and just be like, dude, can I hang out with you for a bit? Tia said insider bags. Oh god, that'd be unreal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the last I heard, I think his his agent might have gone public with this statement, but uh, he's looking for a three year deal. 
Uh, and that's that might be pushing it for him. I mean, he's he's up there now. Uh, but I I love what he brings to the table. Obviously, there's a big fit uh, for him him and Nasher to play together right away. Uh, and like you said, you're, you're talking about a guy who's who can elevate the play of his line mates. Uh, and, and when we talk about Stefan being a secondary assist guy, Joe Thornton is a primary assist yeah. machine. Uh, and, and you talk about somebody who immediately elevates a power play too. Uh, and and to, to have either Shattenkirk or D'Angelo with Thornton on a power play, that all of a sudden uh, you got something pretty dangerous. It doesn't matter who's a shooter now. You got – you got two elite, elite passers. So, I would, I would be more confident that Thornton would still produce in his third year than Shattenkirk would at his, the end of his contract. I think Thor, Thornton's just like he's an alpha male, dude. Like you know what I mean? Like him and Brad Richards were kind of similar, but like Thornton would put Brad Richards in a body bag. I don't think at the end of Thornton's career, he's still going to be doing something. He's still a playmaker. He doesn't really play like he plays a hard game, but he plays a game where he's, you know, he got banged up this year on like a freak thing. But that doesn't happen to Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne usually just kind of wheels and deals. I would be okay with the three-year deal as long as the the, uh, the money wasn't outrageous. Yeah. And he's a leader. He's a guy that you want JT Miller, you want Chris Kreider looking at, being like, okay, I'm being a little bitch right now. I'm gonna probably going to stop doing that, otherwise Joe Thorne's going to give me a wet willy on the bench in front of everybody. Or Kevin Hayes. Yeah, like you know what, and that, that goes back. You look at Kevin Hayes, you look at Chris Kreider, you look at JT Miller, all these guys with so much potential – Again, we don't know what's exactly going on in the locker room, but just by watching, I'm thinking there's real no alpha males in that locker room that are going to tell people to shut the fuck up and play. No, I, I don't think so either. And, it, and there's, it certainly doesn't come from the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That, that could be a huge knock on AV. Uh, in, in my opinion, when you're, when you're with somebody every day over the course of an 82-game schedule, yes, I bet it would wear on you getting yell that every day like a tort yes i I would imagine that would definitely wear on you and i and you know i I did like torts the only thing i didn't like about him is him calling calling his guys out on the media like like guys know when they're not playing well they don't they don't you don't need your head coach on on nhl network saying he's he's playing like shit he's got to be better they they don't need that They, they know they're not playing well um so you're right, though. I, I think, uh, and, and Brooksy might have wrote it in the post about uh, the Rangers having too many Type A personalities yep. in the room. And he's probably right, and, and McDonough is, is probably learning this as he goes. He's he's a he's a new captain. And he's still a young guy. I mean, it's he's not. Uh, but you're right. Joe Thornton automatically elevates that locker room. He gives him somebody to uh, to get in some ears and, and really. Uh, and really, just—I mean, hell! Just any word out of Joe Thornton's mouth, any You're guy doing. in the locker room is going to listen and respect. hundred yeah, percent. And I, you know what? With the Torts thing, I think that's why Columbus plays well for Torts. It's because they're filled with a bunch of nail guns, man. You have Nick Felino, Brandon Dubinsky. Torts yeah. is going to call him a pussy and be like, "Okay, motherfucker, I'm going to go out here. And I'm going to play hard." Where the yeah. Rangers, you tell that to Chris Kreider, and he's just going to go lost and not even have any idea what the hell's going on. No, uh, Kreitz, Kreitz is. is is one of the biggest enigmas for me. And, I, and actually, I went to a coaching clinic in Buffalo last year. I uh, had, the, had the real luxury of going to this. It was a level four clinic for USA Hockey. Uh, and the draft was in Buffalo that year. So uh, in, a, in conjunction with each other, they did a, a coach's synopsis with a bunch of the NHL guys. That's pretty was, cool. 
really, really cool. And I, I, we did some breakout groups and we were just, uh, you know, it was, it was a group of five, you know, high school coaches like myself. And, and then two, two NHL guys would rotate into your group. And I had the chance to talk to Scotty Arneal about Kreider. You know, my, my question was, you know, coach, what do you do about a guy who's got the entire skill set and package and, and he steps on the ice and you immediately think, wow, this kid's going to be a player. But then you start watching him and he, he just doesn't have that on-ice ability or, excuse me, uh, on-ice intelligence, IQ, that hockey awareness. And I was like, is that something you can teach or is that something that just guys have or guys don't have? And he, 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 he kind of bounced around it a little bit, but he said he brought up Kreider and how Kreider's got – and he goes, Kreider graduated BC – the kid could build you a rocket ship to go to the moon and back. You know, he's just one of the smartest kids. He speaks four or five different languages, but he just doesn't seem to get sometimes that, that on ice IQ stuff. So, you know, they, they work with him weekly. They go through a weekly checklist with him every day in practice. They're just what's, what's on the list this week. And, and they, they try to build him up that way. So it, it seemed to have worked definitely in the regular season last year for him, obviously a career year, uh, Somewhat alarming in the playoffs. He was a complete non-factor. That's my thing with Kreider is when he's not. We've talked about well, this, yeah. Yeah, when he's not doing well or doing anything, he's invisible. 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 Where where Zook is never invisible in an entire game, but Kreider can be, and that's that's frustrating for a six-three guy who can absolutely big fly. time. Man, you looked at him in the playoffs. He had a good ten minutes. All, yeah. all the other time, he was pouting that he wasn't scoring goals. Chris Kreider should watch Wayne Simmons. Because they're yes. the same fucking oh, players. Yes. They have the perfect. same tools. They have the same skill set. If can you imagine if Chris Kreider played like Wayne Simmons, what type of yeah. player the Rangers would have? They really, they really should just sit, sit him down and show him film. I mean, Kreider's and Kreider's has better skills. Better, at least better foot speed. Oh, for sure. Way faster than Simmons. They're just monsters. They're just freak athletes. Except for when yeah. Simmons isn't scoring goals, he's punishing people. Where Kreider yeah. just he'll just turn. Yes. Yes. So, but little Kreider tangent for you, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So Joe Thornton, we'd be all right with. Now, there's other names that are out there center wise. Uh, Sam Gagne was one name, and my boy Brian Boyle potentially coming back. Oh, what do you? What I I love Brian Boyle. I'll have him on my team until he's 50 years old, just because I think he's a nail gun. But yes. we'll talk about Gagne for a little bit. I don't know much about him. All I kind of know is I feel like he's another one of those he doesn't elevate type players. I think he needs to be on a line with other players that make him better. So we've already kind of been through this. So people keep saying, Oh, I want Sam Gagne, all this stuff. I'm a little bit hesitant when it comes to a name like that. You know, Gagne is, he's clearly a skilled guy. I, he was a high, high pick first round for the Oilers. Uh, if you sign Gagne, you automatically win every shootout. Cause you go Gagne Zook and, and you're going to win. Yep. So uh, that doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, last year he played. I think he played a lot of fourth line with the, with the Columbus Blue Jackets and a lot of power play though. That's where he got all his lot, points. A ton of power play. He got a lot of power play points. And then, you know, you 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 put him with some bigger, stronger guys on his wing. Someone who's just going to crash the net. Gagne's got enough skill to to distribute the puck to that those kind of guys. So I think that's that's what worked out for him really well in Columbus. So uh, probably not not the right fit given the current Rangers roster. Uh, someone who would be like you said, someone like Stepan, just a probably 30, 40 point guy. He's not big. He's not, not going to win a ton of draws or get in the corner. So for, for us, I don't think that's the right, uh, right fit. 
I think at cap wise, he's gonna get a way better deal than he would have after last season, if that makes any sense. Yes. Uh, and on something like that, that's a risk where I, I mean, personally, I'd rather have a kid come up from Hartford who wants to play in the NHL. You kind of, you get him good on the defensive side, on the fourth line, make sure he figures that out, and then, you know, you just kind of wheel and deal. Not entirely sure. It's good, Birdie, it's going to be a pretty interesting offseason, to, to say the least, come free agent frenzy, because they have to do a lot of stuff. You don't know who's going to be moved, which brings me into, here's four questions that people send in. This will be the last little thing that we do. Uh, the first question that we got was, if there's going to be a Ranger that's going to be moved, who do you think it is? That's a tough one, but I I, I really think they're going to try and find a way to move Mark Stahl. If they trade Mark Stahl, man, that'll be my Stanley Cup. They don't even need to win one for the rest of my life. I'll I'll have I'll have grandkids and be like, you ever see the Rangers win a Stanley Cup? And I'll be like, no, but this day on July 1st in 2017, the Rangers traded Mark Stahl, and that was the happiest day of my life. He, it just it, it doesn't make sense to to move anybody else, obviously. I mean, you could argue JT or, or Crides in a, in a in the right package deal for somebody, but I I think they see those two as long term guys. So, uh, and and obviously we talked about Nash is no movement clause. So I, I I'm going to stick to my guns and say Mark Stahl. Okay, uh, how do you see the defense this year, and do you think it's going to be better or worse than last year? It's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be faster. It's going to be more mobile. Uh, it's going to be less less physical to a point. Uh, but I think you're finally starting to see take shape uh, the type of defense that, that AV wants to have and be able to use. Uh, that's guys who are more mobile and that can trigger a uh, 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 trigger the transitional attacks much quicker than the guys that they had. I think. I- I'm going to miss Girardi, but I think just because it's going to be quicker and they'll be able to move the puck and fit AV's type style a little bit better, I, it should be better. And, and I'm going to skip the next one. I'm going to go to our last question because it kind of correlates with this. What type of influence is Lindy Ruff going to have with the Rangers? I think this kind of carries over to how the D is going to be this year. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, obviously he's got he's well-respected around the league and and uh, to bring to bring him in, and, and yes, I think Bukalun was a bit of a scapegoat there, uh, but uh, to bring him in, just a wealth of knowledge, and to, and to have him try to focus in on one uh, one little skill set there, and that's that being the defense will be uh, will be huge, and I, I think that'll bring a, a better element to the defense, and uh, and make them just positionally smarter, and, uh, and and I think a little tougher too. And then you up the guy; he's a He's a nails guy too. He doesn't mess around. Yeah, I feel like he's he's bigger on accountability. My one thing with Lindy Ruff, do you think he could be like a potential replacement for AV? I see some people saying that. Some people are saying no shot. I'm not entirely sure because again, I'm not really involved in what really is going on. I don't really like AV, so if they got rid of him and hired Lindy Ruff, I'd be pretty pumped. But what what do you have? Do you think that's a potential, or do you think he's just really there just to help out with the D? I think, of course, there's always potential when you bring in a bring in a guy like like Ruff, who's got such such a resume. But uh, for me, do I think he's viewed as a mid season next season mid season replacement for AV? No, uh, I think he really legitimately is there to to help this defense. And there was a lot of ties uh, with with Ruff to the Rangers. I mean, uh, I think Scotty Arneal worked for him. Uh, obviously, you got Chris Drury, who was a, a player under Ruff, who's now the assistant general manager. Uh, general manager in Hartford, so 
there's a lot of ties there. And I, I think it just, just made sense. And, and, and Ruff's a former Ranger, I do believe. A big Lindy Ruff guy. I've always liked Lindy Ruff. I like the whole accountability. I feel like he's kind of like Torts, but he's not as much of a dickhead, but he probably could be if he really wanted to be a type guy. Yeah. yeah. And now the last question before we wrap this up. Uh, with Girardi and Stepan on the way out, if the Rangers name somebody an assistant captain, who do you think it will be if they do? It, it has to be Zuccarello, in my mind. It, it really does. So uh, There's nobody else really worth mentioning. But if it doesn't go to Zook, I, I don't know what what's going on. Here. I would I would definitely have to agree with that. I mean, who do they they have McDonough with it McDonough Nash install right now? Yep. Oh my god! I, how does that even make sense? Oh, <laughs> you, you think there's actually a chance I could get rid of him? I, I, uh, I there's no chance in hell they get they get like fair market or fair fair value for Mark. They're going to have to retain some sort of cap on it. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be sim- quite simply it's just a, a dump and change on that one. Oh man, that'd be nice. But damn. All right, well, that was our little special New York Rangers post draft podcast that we had with Neil Purcell. If you want to check him out on Twitter, it's at Neil Bird. Birdie, I really appreciate you coming on. I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy this. And, I mean, normally we talk about, like, every team, and I, I'm kind of way more into just talking to the Rangers. So I appreciate you being here, man. Oh, thanks, guys. It was, it was a pleasure to be on the show. Awesome. Uh, yep, check us out next week because we got Free Agent Frenzy coming on. Hal will be back on. He's at Fenway Park right now with his old man probably drinking heavily watching baseball so again next week we'll be on the free agent frenzy thank you guys for tuning in follow birdie on twitter and stay classy Uh